Hello, and welcome to Local Legacies, the show where we go behind the scenes with enterprising individuals who are striving for the best in their business, family, community, and themselves. I'm your host, Tim Lanza, and without further ado, here's this week's guest. Today in the studio, we have Jim Latanzi of Hollis Hills Farm. Uh, I really appreciate you making the time to come out and see me. I know you're a busy dude. Yeah. you got a lot of stuff going on. Absolutely. Super excited to talk to you about some of those things. I'm glad to be here. Uh, so let's start off, I guess, a little bit of your history, where you're from. I know you're from the area, you and your wife as well. How did you go from where you started to where you're at now. Yeah, so real quick, I'm Jim Latanzi. My wife, Alice, and I own Hollis Hills Farm in Fitchburg. Um, we bought the farm in March of 2014, so we're just about to start our ninth growing season. In fact, this will be our ninth sugaring season, which was we hit the ground with maple syrup. Um, but we grew up, I grew up in Lunenburg, um, all of a few miles away from where we are now. Um, my wife, Allison, grew up in Shirley, so all local to central Massachusetts here. Um, you know, it, it's been a, been quite a road to get to where we are. Um, really, really excited about the things that we've going on and the opportunities have been, you know, presented to us and opportunities that we've created. Um, you know, when we started farming and that's really the, the, the whole, um, I mean, that's what we are. We're a farm. We're, we're a farm that's got a lot going on (laughs) and it's fun. Um, but the, the whole genesis of our operation is based in agriculture. Um, I've had that passion forever. I mean, I remember being a little kid and my mom, you know, I always say, mom, I want a horse. Mom, I want pigs. Mom, I want cows. Mom, my mother always said to me, when you, when you, when you grow up and get your own place, you can have whatever you want. Well, you know, here you go, ma, (laughs) you know, I've had all of it. (laughs) We've had horses and cows and pigs and chickens and ducks and turkeys. And I mean, you name it, sheep and goats. And, and, and we've raised all that, uh, livestock, you know, as, as any business grows and changes, I mean, we, we've, we've come a long way, um, dialed a bunch of stuff in, you know, we've tried things and, and, and changed and let things go that didn't work. And then, you know, found things that did and, and to try to really grow with them, um, you know, the other big part about me and, and my wife and kids and where we are is that we've got a killer team. Like, I, I say it all day long. Like, everything we've got going on at the farm is way bigger than I am. You know, it's, it's, my, it's a culmination of who I am, um, my passion in agriculture, my, my love for the hustle of business and relationships and working. Um, but I, we, we can't do it without the people that work with us. You know, and I always say that they don't work for us, they work with us. Uh, my wife and I are both involved in the business. Um, she's still a nurse at the hospital, um, and, but I, this, is, this is us. Um, but we, we do. We've got from management to marketing to the girls that help 10 bar to the guys in the kitchen to the kids that park cars to, the, you know, the kids that scoop ice cream to, you know, mechanics to truck drivers to tractor operators to, you know, my orchard manager, the guys that were, I mean, we've, we've got a killer team and we've got a big team. I mean, in season we're pushing, you know, 90 plus employees. Um, it's awesome. You know, considering, you know, being first generation farmers, starting with, an egg root when I was 10, I had, you know, 33 barred rock laying hens. Um, and, and I hustled eggs on my bicycle and I, my, my mother still has the ledger that, you know, kept all the records of 
who I sold them to, who, you know, I got a dollar a dozen delivered, you know, Mrs. Gale took two dozen every week. So, you know, and I'd ride my bike around the corner and deliver and get my two bucks. Um, it, it's, it's been where we are now is literally this culmination of all the different jobs and businesses and experiences that I've had growing up and, and, and hustling. And it's awesome. So, you know, as far as businesses go, like you mentioned your team, it's like farming and agriculture has got to be like at the pinnacle of labor intensive businesses. So you've got to have all these, especially with the, not just the farming itself, but with all the different things you're doing, you got to have that solid team of yeah, people I mean, we, supporting. We, we really do. We, we've got a, we've got a, a killer management team um, and, and awesome employees. Our, our retention is like hundred percent. I mean, if, unless they, somebody dies, <laughs> which hasn't happened, but you know, they either graduate from college, they move away. Like that's the only time we lose employees. And, and that's, that speaks to, you know, the quality of people that come forward. I mean, we've got a great community full of good people um, to the fact that, you know, hopefully I, I pride myself on that. We have a, a good working environment for employees. You know, it's a, it's a fun place. It's a safe place. It's a happy place. Um, I mean, they work. People don't get me wrong. People come to the farm, and, and there's a lot going on. It's fast moving. It's fast paced. Um, you know, we're we're making do our best to provide a good experience for the customers. You know, um, but we we've got this this great group, and honestly, I look at all of them like family um, because this is they're helping uh, me live out my dream. And, and in the meantime, we're we're you know providing this killer space. Right. Yeah. Symbiotic relationship. It's yeah. kind of exactly what you're looking for. Yeah. Now, or, sorry. Go no, ahead. No. 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 I just. I mean, I don't know if, if all of our listeners here know exactly what we've got going on, but I mean, the, the farm itself is uh, was originally a, a hundred acres. We've since purchased the farm next door, another thirty-four acres. It, we've so we've got this hundred and thirty-four, hundred thirty-five acre piece of property, right in the heart of Fitchburg. I mean, I think I have eighty plus direct abutting land neighbors, like 80 neighbors that touch our farm. Wow. It's crazy. Um, but we do everything from maple syrup that's about to start here to all the you-pick berries, you know, strawberries, raspberries, blueberries. We have peaches, we have apples, pumpkins, cut flowers, you know, and then we have the whole food service side. So we've got ice cream. We have the full restaurant that is serving local AF food, you know, um, craft beers, everything that we serve, you know, on tap is brewed or crafted in Massachusetts, whether it's Carlson's, you know, hard cider that's made in Lemonster, um, you know, with apples that come from all the farms locally, including our own, to a lot of Wachusett stuff, to Stone Cow beers, to Newburyport. We, we've got this this great selection because Massachusetts is like a mecca for, you know, craft and local. And so we've, we were able to put this on, on draft, couple it with you know, our own burgers. I mean, the cow that's on the fields is, you know, ends up on the menu. Don't, don't tell everybody, the little kids that, but I mean, it, it's, it's like, it's so freaking cool that we're able to put all this stuff together and, and serve it with good entertainment. Now, going back to the, the egg route, you know, what's the path to this multidimensional agricultural farming business? Well, so, I mean, I had, the, uh, you know, I had the, the chickens for a couple of years, did my egg business. You know, I think I was 14. Uh, I was riding my bicycle over to Cherry Hill. I scooped ice cream. It was like my first, like, paying job. I was, was you know, where I, I got a paycheck and I got tipped. So kind of cool. We sell ice cream. It, also local Massachusetts produced ice cream. It's from Maple Valley out in, in Hadley. 
like great dudes. They milk nice cows, you know, and they have really good ice cream. It's a uh, high butterfat content. Like it's rich. Um, and we serve a lot of it. So I'm stoked to have an opportunity to sell local product. It's a great relationship for those guys. Cause Hey, we're, we're a great outlet for them because we serve a lot of ice cream. Um, but so that's like, you know, again, as we go forward talking about different jobs, but I mean, uh, I worked for my brother-in-law, um, as a kid, rode my bike down. I w would grease trucks on Tuesdays and Thursdays for him. He owned an excavating business. Um, so I learned, you know, equipment and operating equipment and, and whatnot, uh, working for him and, and honestly learned, learned a lot about, uh, having some drive because I, I never knew a guy that would get up. He was in his office every morning at five or five thirty. He was organized as heck. You could hardly read his chicken scratch, which is similar to mine. But you go down, you'd show up for work at 7 o'clock. I'd usually be there about 7.03, you know, coming in on two wheels. But, you know, I, I'd show up for work, and, and he'd have, here's your day. It's all laid out. This is what you got to do. Um, so I learned some of his yeah, – I always admired how hard he worked and successful he was in business, and he was a, he's a great family guy. And so it's always been, like, an inspiration to me. Because I, I didn't actually come from a family of entrepreneurs and, and business owners. I mean, my, my mom was a school teacher and then a homemaker. And my father was an HR manager for a big outfit. And, you know, everybody else, sibling-wise, has all had careers, you know, within companies or uh, the brother in the Coast Guard. You know, so this whole, you know, hustling and, uh, you know, being your, creating your own destiny isn't necessarily where I came from other than watching my brother-in-law who worked like this. Going forwards, you know, my experience in equipment and trucks and, you know, getting my hands dirty with him. I used to go up and help at, at the dairy farm, and we'll talk about that too, Cherry Hill, Lunenburg. It's kind of like the, it was my home farm growing up. I didn't have a farm, of course. I just, you know, I lived near there and would, would hustle over. Um, but I worked with my brother-in-law. I went to Assumption in Worcester after I graduated from Lunenburg in 02. Um, we ended up, I have a degree in education, but while I was in college is when I started my next, well, my first real business. Um, my parents, I'm the youngest of five. And so my parents would go away for the summer. We used to go to Maine. I'd go with them. But then once I had a real job working for my brother-in-law, I'd hang home. So as soon as school was out, they were like, whoosh, they're headed off to the lake. And I had a big backyard <clears throat> and somewhat minimal supervision and so we would throw these like killer parties at my parents house they're like huge you know and so it, it was a lot of fun I realized that I liked you know like hanging out and throwing big parties which could be you know told into uh more networking and relationship building if you want to analyze it that way or we just had killer you know keg parties but we would roast the pig I had a buddy of mine uh, from Air. His family owned a hardware store, and they had a they had rental pig roasters, and we'd bring a pig roaster to the house, and we would cook a pig for this big ass party every year. Did that like two or three seasons, and then the neighbors next door called and said, "Hey, can you can you do this for a graduation party?" And I was like, "I thought they were the ones calling the cops, but <laughs> apparently not, because they wanted me to do a party for them." And, and it, it kind of took off. I actually, I, I we were doing barbecues. The it was Cowboy Jim's Barbecue. The other portion of that is that we had a little bit of a hay field that in my parents' front yard. It was like a, a budding and a bigger piece of property. And this summer when I was 19, I fenced in the front yard and I bought a cow uh, out of the New Hampshire Ag Bulletin. 
and we named him Arby, and I, it was my first beef cow. And I don't, I don't really know why I, how I got into it, but I did. And uh, all of my buddies were calling me um, Cowboy Jim with an expletive in front of it, you know. And so it became, it was the summer that, you know, we put this Cowboy Jim's barbecue together. Um, fast forward, I graduated from, I ran this through college, you know, catering on the weekends. I was driving a truck for Moore's Lumber and Air. Um, and, and I, I grew the catering business. My last full season was the summer of 08. Uh, I did 56 pig roasts wow. in one summer and I built a food truck and was running that either on the lakefront, um, down by on the rocks, or I also had it set up for lunch over in air off the rotary by Jarvis Ford. And so I, I was into like the food business and catering and parties and whatnot. Um, and it was, it was a lot of fun but I didn't like it as much as I liked farming. Um, and so I, I, I ended up, I would, I found myself where I would get the kitchen all set up or I'd get the food truck all set up. And then I knew we had a good stretch of weather. So I would run back up to Cherry Hill farm, the dairy in Lunenburg, find my ass on the seat of an old tractor and I would mow hay, kick out the hay to dry it, rake it. I'd ride on the wagon to stack the bales, like anything I could do to be around farming uh, equipment, uh, you know, I'd go in and, and help with the milk testing, you know, once a month they go in, they test all the, all the cows and I'd write down, you know, all the samples and put them in the bottles and send them all off for them. And anything I could do to help, you know, a, a local farmer and B, you know, get my hands in the dirt. And so it, it was corn season. I'd chop corn if I could drive the tractor or I'd drive a truck or anything I could do to be around farming. And so it kind of came to this point where it was like, why am I running my food business, paying other people to do it when I would rather be on a tractor? And so it kind of started that I had like this opportunity to, um, I picked up some land to rent to make my own hay. And I said, you know what, forget it. Um, I ended up, you know, phasing out. I sold the catering business to a guy locally who, who tried to make a run and keep going. Uh, I sold the food truck off. And I started buying farming equipment and renting more land. And, you know, off we kind of kind of went. Um, so it, it's been, you know, the, the this other businesses that have like, you know, and experiences that I've had that are still, you know, in, in where we're at today. I mean, we right now I still make 150 acres of hay. You know, that was kind of my first foray into agriculture. This would have been almost 15 years ago. Um, maybe even longer than that at this point, but you know, it, it's still part of what we're doing and all of these experiences have come along and is now incorporated into what we're doing. I mean, the maple syrup that we're about to start, you know, we're the, we're the biggest maple producer east of the Connecticut river in Massachusetts, you know, doesn't say a whole lot because <laughs> there's not a lot of competition, but we do run about 4,000 taps. I mean, we'll process a hundred thousand gallons of sap a year. You know, the numbers in, in, you know, to the backyard are staggering. You know, if you go up north into Canada or up to Vermont and, you know, northern Vermont, and there's, there's guys that are running 50,000 taps. Well, they're way bigger than we are. But locally, you know, we're, we're, we make a lot of syrup. Uh, that's something I did when I was a kid with my dad. We'd like four maple trees on the property. We'd hang a tap and a milk jug, and we'd boil it on the wood stove and then finish it off on the kitchen stove. And it was sugaring season, something I enjoyed. Um, and ultimately, you know, there was an opportunity. I was probably 2010 or so, um, where I bought out 
I started using some old taps that were laying in the woods, a bunch of maple trees with the tubing. Um, it was an old sugar house in Lunenburg that had run forever and ever. They retired. Well, I bought all their equipment and I took over all the trees and I put all new tubing up around town and I kind of ran that maple business. And ultimately that has still been a core business for us at our farm. Now, you know, we grew it, tapped a lot more trees, increased our production, found new markets, you know, and it, it's been a draw for now going on into our ninth season. Um, so all these different things that I've done or have experienced are still on the table um, at the farm. That's been, it's been cool. And it's like, as you're going along, you're, you're building in this, no, I want to work on this or I want to try this, but you're never losing really on the back end the skills that you've already learned, which is nice. Absolutely. I mean, it, there's a lot of things. I mean, farming, you, you get to, you get to do a lot of different things. It, it's not like I show up for my day job and, you know, if I have a, if I'm an accountant, I, I run numbers all day. I mean, I have to do accounting. I have to do mechanic work. I have to do truck driving work. I have to manage, you know, crops. I have to manage livestock. I have to manage people. Um, I have to manage money. I have to manage, you know, what our next opportunity is. I have all these different things that are going on at the same time. So if I had experience driving truck as a kid, you know, it, it, it's helped me because I still get to do that. And it's still part of my job. And if I ran a front end loader for my brother-in-law, well, then, uh, you know, I now have my own. So I run equipment around the farm as we're working on making compost or we're working on, you know, you know, fixing fields and regrading things. And some of the, the, a lot of the different things that we do now is all stuff that I gained experience when I was working for somebody else or, uh, you know, helping a neighbor or however it was that I, I take these experiences and, and move forwards. Um, just funny. One of the things I was thinking about is that, I've been very fortunate that I've had a lot of different local kids work for me. Typically a lot of high school kids, whether they were working stacking hay or uh, collecting eggs or getting ready for farmer's markets or all these different things that we've done. And I used to always, it was told the guys or the, the kids that work for me that, you know, I could pay them what I could pay them. And I, I've always paid fair. Um, the expectation is to work, of course. But I always, I tell everyone I pay them an XP's. And like, they always kind of look at me. I'm like, I'm, I'm paying you an experience points. The, the, the things that you're going to do working with me at the farm, you will never forget them. And, and honestly, I run into guys now 10 years later that used to stack hay for me in the summertime or, you know, m remember loading stubborn pigs onto a trailer trying to get off to make an appointment at the, at the processor. You know, things that like stuff I've forgotten about, but sure as heck, they don't forget them. They won't forget them because it's like experiences that you don't get somewhere else. Being on a farm teaches you shit that you never knew before and you wouldn't learn anywhere else. So it's been it's been fun. I've enjoyed those relationships and those friendships with, with guys and girls that have worked with us at the farm and now running into them, you know, years later and, and like, oh, remember when that happened? Remember when the pin fell out of the wagon and we rolled all the way down the hill and crashed into the woods? I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Or, you know, th different things that just stuff that got, you'll never forget. You'll never work so hard as when you're stacking hay and it's 95 degrees in July and the baler isn't stopping because I got to get it done. So we're going to keep going and you're dying back there, but you keep working because there isn't a choice. And guys don't forget that or, or girls too. It's not just guys, but, you know, it's... Uh, I, I like teaching and paying in XPs.
Well, in your, you know, for you, that's every day. But if you get someone who comes work for you for a season or something, that's like all those memories that'll be like, like you said, like nothing else that they'll ever do. You know, if they go into work, say a corporate job or something like that, yeah. it just stands out so much. But then they come back to you, you get to like, oh yeah, that summer when the blah blah blah. You know, yeah. it, it, and it's fun. I mean, it's. Uh, I remember I got a at a call from a recruiter, um, maybe I don't know six weeks ago. And, uh, the guy says, "Do you ever have a guy named Tony? You know, so and so work for you." I'm like, ah, big Tony. I forgot about him. I love that kid. And, and he was applying. He was a, an EMT uh, in Boston. He was applying for a new position in a different city. And, the, you know, they were calling to do, you know, the research on him. And I'm like, ah, one of my pet peeves is when if you use me as a reference and don't give me a heads up, I'll usually tell a dirty story about you <laughs> or or something that like I'll, I'll give you a great referral. And then at the end, I'll tell like I'll give I'll give him some tidbit and uh and so, you know, I'm like, you know, totally asked a whole bunch of questions about Tony. It's been almost, I don't know, eight years, 10 years since Tony worked for me. But somehow I'm still on his list. So, yeah, I'm going through all the questions. Like, God, oh, was he late for work? No, Tony was a good worker. Like, you know, did he try and get out of work early and go home? Or was he willing to cross the finish line? I'm like, no, that kid, you know, he worked his ass off. You know, it didn't matter what we had going. Like, he didn't care. You could say shovel shit from here to the other end of the world. And, and Tony kept going. You know, great attitude. You know, always had fun with him. And, uh, and you know. So I, I, I said, absolutely, I'd hire the kid back, uh, but I'm assuming he doesn't want to shovel shit anymore. Uh, so I said to him, I said uh, the, to the recruiter, I said, make sure you write down in his file that uh, he needs to expose all of his tattoos, uh, you know, for this job interview. Because Tony's got a, a, a one that it's highly inappropriate, and fortunately it's quite, you know, not, it's not visible. But uh, I got a call about a week later from Tony. I hadn't heard from him in, in years. And, and he's like, he's cracking up. He's like, dude, <laughs> what did you tell them? And I'm like, I'm laughing. I'm like, oh, no. You, you know, uh, I don't know. I gave, him, gave you a great review, but, you know, you might have to show your new bosses some of your inappropriate tattoos. And he was, he was dying. That's awesome. So it just, I, I, I've loved the the opportunity to work with with these guys and, and kids you know obviously most of the time they're always younger than i am um but giving them experiences that they'll never forget and hopefully it gives them a good drive you know um we can talk about that too i got another one that you know another another one of my favorites uh a lot of people you know know jake tebow uh that just had the the horrific hockey accident uh, Jake's one of my favorite kids. He came to me when he was 14, 13, 13, running cross country in Fitchburg. And the kid wasn't like four foot, nothing lucky if he had a hundred pounds. And, and I, I'd known him when, you know, maybe 10 years ago when he was young, real, real little kid. And, and, uh, and, and he reintroduced himself and, you know, Mr. Latanzi, you know, I, I like a job someday. And I'm, I'm looking at this poor kid. And I'm like, Oh God, you know, you need like five inches, 50 pounds, like, you come see me in a couple of years. And a year later he came back in, uh, cause and he's like, you know, I, I'm really interested in a job. And I'm like, all right, you're not much bigger than you were last year, but you know, I'll give you, I'll give you a shot squirt, you know? And, uh, the kid impressed me to like no end. I mean, he worked so freaking hard and, and it's funny, you know, he go, go off to school, you know, at the end of the season, you see him next spring, you come back, and it's like, oh, all of a sudden, holy shit, little Jake. We always called him little Jake. Little Jake's not so little anymore. Like, he, he, he put on some weight, he's growing, he's working out. And I always knew he was into hockey, but he didn't really talk about 
hockey all that much. You know, I knew he had, he'd have practice in the morning before he'd come to work or he'd have a, a training session after, after work. And it's like, I'm thinking about it, like, wait a minute. He, he had hockey this morning. He worked from seven to five, said he had to screw because he had, you know, he had a game at six and then he come to find out he was working out after the game at 10 o'clock at night. Like th this kid's driven. So, you know, always impressed me. I really, one of my favorite kids. And then of course, you know, sadly to see, you know, the, the tough road that he's had to hoe this, this year. Um, but holy shit, like that, if there's anybody that's going to overcome what he, what he's up against, like I, I can see the drive. I've seen it as many people have that, that have been around him. But uh, he, again, he's, he's been a standout of all of the, of the employees and, and uh, you know, I, I still I stay in touch with him and, and he's, he's kicking ass. He's working really, really hard. It's a different challenge he's facing right now, but he's working hard. And I feel like that's come full circle because, you know, you guys have gotten out there and tried to help him as well. Um, actually, a, a, really a lot of different stuff that you guys do for the community. Uh, where, where does that come from or why, you know, why is that such a focus of your business when you've got so much other stuff going on? I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I, I have like a, a huge appreciation for where we're at, you know, I, I kind of feel like, all right, my, you know, my job is I'm a farmer. Um, but we mean, you know, and, and again, this is all the stuff that's a bit way bigger than I am. We mean so much more to our community and our families than necessarily a, we recognize and B, you know, I don't think we recognize it. It's just there isn't a B. It's just I know that we've got this big, awesome place, and it's our job to share it, and it's our job to be involved, and it's our job to give back. Um, and and if you know, if I'm doing well, which we're you know we work really hard, but we're we're we found a level of success, and we're we're always striving to push. If I'm doing well, like I, I'm not driven by money. I'm not driven by um, you know, shiny things. That's not, it's not who I am. I'm driven by helping people. Um, I like to give people opportunities to better themselves. I like to see growth in the guys that I work with and the girls that I work with. You know, it's like, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of people that work with us. And, and this is part of our, I think part of our employee retention in those numbers is that we care about the people that work with us. And I care about the people that are around us. And when I see somebody that hits a, you know, has either a tragic accident or something happened. I mean, we had the, the farm that I grew up at, Cherry Hill there. Uh, a couple of years ago, they had a silo that go down. The, the first time I ever went to Hollis Hills, I had just moved back to Lemonster and I was at the, that the event. The fundraiser. Yeah. And it was like, all right, you know, uh, when, when I saw somebody that just, whoa, went from 100 down to zero real fast. Uh, the farmers there, I, I said, listen, we've, we got to do something. Um, we have a place to do it. Um, obviously, you know, this is something that's passionate for me. Um, here's a chance. I, I can, I can help to, to put the right people together to see what we can do to help, you know, build it back. Um, and, and, you know, we, we were fortunate enough to be able to do it. We did it in short order. We, again, put a great team together. It wasn't just, it wasn't us. It was Lions Club. It was Farm Bureau folks. I mean, the farmers came out from all over the place. But so did the community. It was huge. And by the time we were done, I don't know what we raised. It was, it was all of 80000 bucks in a day. I mean, it was, it was like, wow. 
uh, great to raise money for them, but it was also really awesome to see the community come out and support. And, and you know, you, you read the paper and, you, you know, you, you follow some of the social media stuff and, and it's like, it'll get you down. Everybody's so negative. Everyone's got, you know, they hate this, they're mad about this, their feelings are hurt about that. There's, there's like all this just kind of crap. And it's, I, I do my best to not pay any attention to it. And, and if I can, if I can make our community a better place, if I can influence things in the right direction, like that's, it's my job as much as, you know, it is about supporting my family and, and all the families that rely on, on us for employment, you know, um, which, you know, is, is pretty, when you think about it, the influence that we have, um, is, is pretty awesome. So I'm more about trying to lift up and create opportunities and, build things out and make things better and give, give people a chance and help people if they're in need. So, you know, it's not something that I can stop and do every day. Um, it's funny, you know, we, uh, we get requests all the time, you know, can you, can you donate to, to, you know, this fundraiser? Can you sponsor my kids little league team? Can you, you know, we need this one. And I, I personally have a very, very hard time saying no, but if we said yes to everything, we'd never make forward progress. You know, it would just, it, because there's so many people in need um, and so many and, and so many organizations that are totally deserving, um, you know, but if I see something that, I, that, I, that grabs me, then, you know, I do my best to, to you know, make that happen. Um, anyhow, community is something that is, is totally important to me. Uh, I'll say here, one, uh, we can talk about the tree farm. I've got, got a pretty cool idea because I'm kind of a, I grew up in Lunenburg, you know, we're Fitchburg folks at this point, still not born and raised. I, I haven't, you know, I didn't go to Fitchburg High, so I'm, I don't know if I'm considered a Fitchburger yet. Um, but, but growing up in Lunenburg, um, Lunenburg was a great community. It was a small community. It kind of felt like you knew everybody. Um, and, and in the last year, my wife and I have, have actually bought two different farms in Lunenburg, um, and we're able to kind of straddle two communities. I mean, we live in Fitchburg. Our, our kids are at St. Bernard's. You know, we're not going anywhere in Fitchburg, uh, from Fitchburg. But we've had an opportunity to to kind of set some roots down again over in Lunenburg. And I'm pretty excited about one of the one of my ideas over for the tree farm in particular is is a community based event, something that I remember as a kid growing up. And and I think we may have an opportunity to try to put this back together. Lots of hurdles to make it happen, but. Uh, when we were little, they used to the bonfire in Lunenburg. They truck in, you know, tractor trailloads of pallets a mile high. Everybody'd stand around and they light this thing on fire, and it was like this great community event. Um, the last one they had was just before they built the new Lunenburg High School out front. Um, and this is going back now, whatever eight years. Um, it's been something that I think the community has missed since they stopped doing it, and there's a desire to bring it back. I've got the perfect location for it. I want to put this together, see if we can bring that together. The other one that happened was the, the Lunenburg Lions Club did a community fair down at Stillman's. That kind of, I'm not sure exactly what the, the end of it was, but um, it hasn't happened for a couple of years. I think it would be killer to try to couple that together with this bonfire thing. I mean, we've got a 110-acre farm in the middle of Lunenburg with 
25 million gallons of water capacity for, for anything to do with a fire. We've got irrigation pumps. We've got great road access. We've got plenty of parking. We have like this, this killer location to try and turn something like that back on. Um, so I'm totally pumped. I've started to reach out a little bit to Lions Club and put the bucket in a few years in town. And I think we're going to try and have this discussion. Whether we can put it together for 2022, awesome. If we can't, then we'll, we'll plan farther in the future. But it's something community-oriented that I'm, like, totally stoked to bring back. Because it's some of those things. It's like, I remember that as a little kid. You know, and this was, this is, you know, I'm 37. And I remember it probably from 30 years ago. It's a little different 30 years ago because, you know, they'd have the fire. Instead of putting it out, they'd kind of let it burn down. There'd be a few cases of beer everywhere. <laughs> you know, everyone kind of stand around drinking and have a great time. That didn't it happen forever, especially once, you know, going fast forward into, you know, you know, 10 years ago that, that it stopped. But uh, being that we're on private property and not on town property uh, at the tree farm, we could probably throw up a beer garden. <laughs> you know, uh, I think something like that would just be, it, it's one of those things I think everyone would have a great time, totally love it. And, and like I said, we've got the, the opportunity to use a, a perfect property for that. Um, and again, it helps us straddle both communities because we live in Fitchburg, our business is in Fitchburg, um, but Lunenburg's still an awesome spot too, so. Well, I think, you know, just Fitchburg, Lunenburg, Lunenburg, Lemonster, like all of these towns that are in this area are very interconnected, whether it be like, you know, different farms in different towns. And it's like you, we talked a little bit about this before. And like, the reason you're here is, you know, because it's a similar situation to some of the other guests. Obviously, it's like you work in this community, you've got a business, you live in this community. Why would you not try to do whatever you can to affect positive change yeah. and like seeing stuff on the news, like you said, and it gets you down in social media. And it's like, you're looking at something that happened maybe in a different state or even a different country. You're getting upset about it. It's like, there's opportunity, walk outside your door and do something positive for someone that lives next to you or down the street or in a, you know, in a different town over. Yeah. It, it's, uh, you know, I, I, I watch the news, I read, what I can, I, I try to stay up on what's going on globally, but I, I as Jim Latanzi, have no influence of what's going on in Ukraine right now. I have no influence what's going on in Syria right now. I have no influence what's going on, you know, two states away. I can't. But what I can have an influence on is my own community. I, like you said, I walk out my door. You know, I interact with my neighbors. It's you know, whoever it is. It's like, it's it's. I wouldn't say it's my job. But it's my mentality is that, and I, I do, I feel like, let's make this place a better, let's make it a better world. I mean, I've got little kids. I want them to grow up in a place that is healthy and happy and a good community and good neighbors and good experiences. And so, you know, it's not that hard to be a good human, but like, just aim at that. Be a good human and, and you'll, you know, this whole world will be a better place. I saw one the other day. Uh, again, I, I do follow a bit of social media and, uh, it was on one of the community pages and, and a guy came on and he, he starts posting, he's, you know, does anybody know where I can find the town bylaw regarding floodlights and how many lumens you're allowed to have at your house? You know, and I, I'm reading this thing and I'm like, what, what's this dude's issue? Goes on to complain about, you know, he just moved to town not that long ago, but he's got a neighbor who's got a, a spotlight at his house and it's blinding, and it's absolutely obnoxious. And where's the, where can I find the bylaw that says, you know, what about this lighting issue? And I read, and there were a couple of people who were like, well, did you talk to your neighbor? 
And he's like, no, I just want to know where the law is. Like, what's, what's wrong with people? Why can't they just follow the laws? And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, hey, I hope this guy's not my neighbor because, <laughs> you know, come knock on my door, dude. Like, uh, there's an issue, like, work to fix it. Like, I'm not trying to be a, an asshole for a neighbor, you know. But I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, is this like, is this where we're at? Like, you can't even talk to the guy that lives next door to you? Like, I understand, like, neighbor, neighbors have feuds or something, but, like, you don't even have a feud yet. <laughs> like, there's a good way to start one is, is to call the, the local, you know, building department to complain about something. It's like when you could have just knocked on the door and said, hey, man, I'm the new neighbor. Uh, you know, that, that light's kind of bright. Is there a way you can turn it down a little bit or, you know, maybe turn it off once the dog comes back in at night or, you know, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm just reading this. I'm like, are you, are you kidding? Like, this, this is where we're at. Like, we got to. We gotta like get to know our neighbors again. Uh, it's funny. Growing up, my my mom and dad, like my mom in particular, we always had the neighborhood Christmas party. Like we'd invite people over that we would see once a year. That was it. Just one one time a year, they'd all come over and we'd bring like you know plates of cookies and stuff. And you know my mom would make the little meatballs and it, it just it was like, all right. My parents worked to keep up a relationship with the neighbors. We knew everybody and like you know six houses in each direction and a few around the corner and whatnot. And like, I kind of stuck out. Like it, it's, it's your closest community. I mean, it's nice to have neighbors across the street that, you know, and look out for you. It's like, you, you know, they drive by your front doors open and they drive by an hour later, the front door's still open. Well, it probably shouldn't be. So they call and say, Hey, you all right? Your front door's open. Ah, shit. The wind blew it open. Or they stop and close it for you. Like, cause they know you. You know, and, and, and I, I feel like I'm, I, for the most part, I have that relationship with the neighbors at the farm now. Like, I, you know, a new guy just moved in a month ago. I stopped up. Hey, you know, introduced myself. How are you? Welcome to the neighborhood. You need anything? You know, let me know. You know, you, your snow bankings get too high. Call me. I'll come up with a tractor and blow it open for you. You know, whatever I can do. Like, stuff that I have, you know, either whether it be equipment, relationships, you know, you need a good plumber. I know a good plumber. You know, just stuff that, that I can do to network and, and help somebody out. It, it's no sweat off my back. Uh, and, and I love to have that relationship. And so fortunately, you know, we, we know most all the neighbors around the farm, at least the, the closest ones to us. And, and we're like, tend to be the go-to. You know, there was an old, older gentleman up the, up the road, a couple houses. Uh, he was having a hard time. He had, I don't know, he had surgery or something. Couldn't get in out of his house that well. Well, I've got a, a carpenter that works with us at the farm. Brandon's this super talented kid. Guy across the street says, hey, can you go take any chance you can help him put a, you know, put a new railing on? And like to them, to have a new railing installed is a big deal. To me, it's like, ah, shit, I'll send Brandon up there. You know, it, it took him an hour and a half, you know, it, and they were so appreciative. And, and, and John, uh, you know, he, he called me. He, he's like, you know, what, can I buy you a case of beer? Like, I really appreciate it. I'm like, I don't need any beer. We you know, got plenty in the cooler. But, you know, just if I can help somebody and, and it's something that's easy to me, I'm going to do it. Well, that's you know? the thing is like seeing what do you have? You know, you, you work and you work. And like we talked about developing all these skills with, you know, relationships, networking and building this up. And then you get to a point where, and by no means do I think that you're not going to continue trending in that direction, but you get to a point where you're up to a certain level and you look around and you're, you're like, I got I got a lot here. What can I give to someone else? How can I well, take what's easy to me and make it easier for someone else? Yeah, I just, you know, we're, we're comfortable. You know, I don't have a need for anything. I don't, I don't you know, we, we, we're, we're fortunate that, uh, you know, we're not flashy, fancy people. 
I don't need, you know, new boots and, you know, Gucci clothes or whatever the hell, you know, is, is trendy. That's not me. I wear usually what somebody gives me for a sweatshirt and, you know, the local uh, hat that came with a piece of equipment I bought or something. But I mean, it's uh, our needs aren't that high ourselves. But if we can, we're comfortable, we're safe, we're healthy, we're fortunate, like share it, you know, it, it, and, and I think, um, you know, we've, we've got a lot of resources. This is all part of that, like, mentality that's built this killer team of people that like to work because, I mean, we're, we're by nature working folks, whether it's the farm side, whether it's the restaurant side. I mean, you work in a kitchen. Like, you'll never work so hard as when the line's out the door and then and, and, and the food tickets keep printing, 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 printing. It's like, oh, you know, you've never seen 10 guys in a kitchen work so fast. I mean, but when we can turn out, you know, however many meals in, in, in an evening. I mean, there's, there's days, apple season, where they're turning 1,500 meals out the door in, in a matter of six or seven hours. 300 meals an hour is, is, is like wild, especially it's, you know, the way we do it. It's, it everything's to order. It's not, it's not like you're doing the 300 meals of a buffet. It's like it's 300 meals that are made individually with specialty sides and, you know, mustard or no mustard and out the door it goes. So, I mean, we've got a team of, like, people that work. Um, and I have a true appreciation for that. I, I really, being one that has always worked and will always continue to work, it, it's awesome. Um, really lucky. Now, how did the actual, I don't know if we've really talked about this yet, but how did you actually become to be the owners of Hollis Hill? Like, how did it? How did that happen? Yeah. So, uh, funny. We were living in Lunenburg in a rented house and piece of land. And I'd rented some farmland, a um, couple of hay fields and whatnot. And we were getting our, you know, had our chickens and a few cows and I started making hay and whatnot. Um, Mr. Pierce from Pierce's Christmas tree farm came and knocked on the door at the house. Uh, I'd never met him before. It turns out I, I went to, and it was youngest daughter. I went to school with her. Um, I wasn't home, but my wife was. And, uh, he said, uh, said something like, you know, I want to talk to your husband. Um, I, I want to sell on my farm. And my wife was like, uh, oh, okay, who are, who are you? <laughs> you know, she, she didn't really know who he was. And, and uh, so I called the guy back and he said, you know, we've never met before, but I've heard, you know, I've, I've, I know a little bit about you and I've heard you like to work. And it seems like you're, you're hustling and you've got a head on your shoulders. So I, I, want you to, I want you to come up to my farm and we'll talk, but, you know, I want to sell you my farm. <laughs> okay. I mean, I've been looking for a piece of land we could buy. I've tried a couple different things. I mean, it's hard buying land. I mean, you know, especially where it's not like we had, you know, family land or family money or, you know, you name it. Like we, we started with, you know, scratch. Um, it, and I went up and saw him, Mr. Pierce, and, and we ended up working together for two years. Um, ultimately, he had the, the idea that we would sell the development rights to his farm those that that sale of the development rights would would essentially make the cost of the land affordable for my wife and I. We could build our house there um, and, and it would he had a going business selling Christmas trees and we could incorporate the livestock aspect that we were doing and maybe we'll build a sugar house there or something. Um, and, and it was you know a killer opportunity, but we just couldn't cross the finish line. We spent two years. I learned a lot about Christmas trees. I learned a lot about business and, I, you know, land clearing. And we, we did a lot of work. Um, but the number that he was looking for for the development rights and what the state was asking wasn't enough. Um, and so he didn't want to put 
my wife and I in a position where here you're, you know, your late twenties and, uh, you know, you owe a bazillion dollars and you're upside down in debt and you gotta, you know, he didn't want to leverage us that hard. And he knew he had a baseline he needed to, you know, for his retirement and his, his kids and family too, you know, he, he wouldn't sell the farm for less than this. Well, the deal fell apart. At the same time, I heard that the old Marshall farm was going up for sale. Now, I actually rented the kitchen at Marshall Farm when I had my catering business and did Cowboy Jim's Barbecue. That was my base of operation kitchen for my licensing was rented at Marshall Farm. I knew the woman that was managing the place and she got me in because I needed the, the license. And so I like I knew the property and uh, I'm like, that's that's a killer farm. I mean, I, I'm from Lunenburg. Like I lived in Lunenburg my whole life other than college and, and I'm not leaving town, but I'm like, ah, I'm going to go look at that one. And. We went up, my wife and I. Actually, I ran up first. We, I heard this phone call. I was coming back from a farmer's market in Somerville Saturday afternoon. And I knew the owner because I would rented from him before. And I called him. I said, Kenny. And he said, I heard you want to sell the farm. He's like, I do. And I said, well, I'll see you at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. So I met him up at the farm. And uh, I don't think it took 15 minutes. We had a handshake. And I had a purchase and sale signed two days later. I said, I'm, I'm doing this. We're in. Uh, I knew nothing about fruit, nothing about apples. <laughs> uh, and I was not a veggie grower. Uh, you know, all of a sudden I'm walking to a place, Hey, I got a walk-in freezer. This is awesome. Cause we were in the meat business. We were processing livestock and or having it processed and, and selling it at farmer's markets. I'm like, we can open a retail store. We can do this. We can do that. And, uh, it was, you know, huge infrastructure there are buildings there's apartments there's a little rental house that came with the property with this nice little lady she's still there gail lover um you know but it had been closed for five years and at that uh it hadn't been run necessarily the way that i had in mind i mean i'm my my genesis is in, in passion is in agriculture um for a while it had been kind of run more like a zoo no offense it's just a different style different uh, different, you know, mentality than necessarily I, I had in mind. I really, you know, I like regular farm animals, not camels. Again, cool camel that came with the farm that I, Ralphie now lives at the neighbor's place. You know, I didn't know Bruce loved Ralphie, but, you know, we, that was a great home for him. Uh, it just, it was really this place that was like, it, I knew right away it was going to be bigger than I was. You know, I, I, I knew a lot of people. I had a lot going on. I had a lot of hustle, but this place is big. It's cool. There's going to be a lot of people that come through the doors here. There's going to be, like, memories made. Probably the most exciting part was that when we bought the farm, um, my wife was pregnant with our first. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, this is going to be a kick-ass place to grow up. Like, if I could raise kids, if we can raise our family here, like, what better? And we're doing it now. Uh, it's awesome. That is awesome. And it yeah. is and it is exactly that kick-ass place yeah. that you thought it was going to be when you bought it. Yeah. It really is. I mean, every time that I've been there, I've been absolutely blown away at what a venue it is, how excellent the service is, the live music you guys have, always great stuff going on. I think one of the biggest things that I like about it is that it's like, yeah, obviously, this is a killer place to raise my kids, which means it's a killer place to raise your kids. You bring your kids to our farm and they're going to go home and they're going to remember shit. 
They're going to remember they're either from apple picking or picking flowers. They're going to remember, you know, that cheeseburger was delicious. They're going to remember Yellow the cat that they were they were petting him, petting him, petting him. And all of a sudden he turned around and he just like swatted at him and made him cry. <laughs> a little blood or something. You know, it's like you know, they remember things. These are the experiences, you know, the feeding goats are going out and, you know, they go down to the pasture and they go see the cows. And all of a sudden a cow lifts its tail and like shit flies like no little kid has ever seen before. It's a cow pie and it's splattering everywhere. Or, or, or the thing pees like two gallons at once. Like this is the stuff that like kids, kids look at, even adults, you know, that don't experience these things. This is the shit they remember. And it's like, my kids get to grow up in this. So more so than even just grow up in a farm, like growing up in a restaurant is also a killer place to grow up. Well, my kids get to grow up in a restaurant, a bar, a farm, an ice cream stand. Like we go swimming in the pond out back. Like it's, it's like, we're so lucky and, and to, to, to be, have this, this like kick-ass place in a city. Like these are the things that you think about is like, oh, you live out in the country. No, we live in a freaking city. <laughs> you know, one of the, one of the 10 or 12 gateway cities in, the, in, in Massachusetts, like we're in a very industrialized, very residential, very populated area. And we get to show the community all these experiences that like, you don't see that stuff. You know, I, I remember giving a school tour, that's probably three or four years ago. And uh, honestly, I'm not gonna remember which, which middle school the kids came from, but there was a, a whole couple busloads of, of kids that had come to the farm from Fitchburg, never been to the farm, very, very, very much city kids. And they get off the bus and they're like, what is this place? I mean, they only rode like a mile and a half to get there, but they ne they never never seen cows in person. You know, they had never picked an apple off the tree. Hadn't. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I'm like, this is awesome. These kids are gonna come back. Whether they come back now, they come back when they're dating their girlfriend in high school and they're looking to go do the fall apple picking thing. They're gonna come back for ice cream. They're gonna bring their kids back. And, and I'm, I'm positive, I mean, those kids aren't old enough to have kids at this point, but they'll be back because they're going to remember it. And it, it's offering experiences to people that, that you know, don't necessarily grow up with it. And even the ones that did, that they're drawn back to a farm. They're drawn back to being outside, drawn back to sitting in the grass. I mean, uh, a couple of years ago, we, we had the opportunity to, uh, to redo that outdoor like front bar area. And uh, it was late winter, and I, I brought home some big equipment. We were, we were doing a project, and we literally bulldozed the whole front yard. And I'm thinking about it. I'm like, there's a, there's a hill kind of far out beyond the, beyond the stage, and it was this, this killer hill. But as a little kid, I remember rolling down, rolling down the hill in the grass. But there were rocks, and it's like, this isn't a good hill to roll down because <laughs> you just smash your head or, you know, you get hurt. I'm like, you know what? We're going to change this. I literally bulldozed the whole front yard. We stripped all the topsoil off. We screened all of the rocks out of it. And we put it all back down in the front yard. Kind of like a, a, a big, like, I don't know what I was thinking when I undertook this project, but we, we stripped thousands of yards of material. We had excavators, rock trucks, bulldozers, you know, but shaped it back with, with a couple different things. One, uh, safer to play, you know, less, less rocks to trip and fall and, smack your noggin on and also uh the way the land rolls if you're standing at the bar 
you can see your kids anywhere on the front lawn. Doesn't matter where they are. You can see them. Now, given if there's too many people at a picnic table, you might not be able to see them. But if you're standing there and the, you have a line of sight everywhere, and, and, and the way it works, it's a, it's a one-degree uh, pitch off the front, then it drops to two, drops to three, and it goes to a four-degree pitch before it levels back out. But at no point can you lose sight of your kids, even if they're two feet tall. And it was one of those things I was thinking about. I'm like, this is a safety issue, you know, with a lot of people and you know, kids are running around. But I, by design, I wanted a place that was safe to bring kids, comfortable to bring your family. Uh, and that's what we've got. Like, people come to the farm and they spend the whole, whole afternoon. Heck, you can, you can come early enough, you can spend the whole day. Uh, because it's, it's something to do all day. Um, and, and especially with the music. Like, it, it, people enjoy the atmosphere. Like, it, it's awesome. Now, with with that being said, with everything that you've done so far, as extensive as it all has been, what's next? And where, like, what, in your vision of the place, where do you see this going? I mean, more, maybe a little more music. We'll diversify the food a little bit. I get some ideas. You know, I want I want to build a bigger stage, better stage for 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 music, so we can in, keep that rolling. Um, I really like pizza. You know, I like food, I like pizza. I really want to build a big outdoor uh, pizza oven, kind of another whole bar setup. I've got a, kind of this whole vision in my head that a we can handle more people, cut our wait times down on online, so you can you know move faster, but also alleviate some stress in the kitchen by offering another level of food service somewhere there. Hey, you know, I th I feel like we've got the right things now, the right combination, just to continue to uh, perfect the menu perfect the experience make things more comfortable you know be nice if we had real bathrooms someday we get the porta potties they work but you know i got a price on a bathroom building and it was twice as much as i paid for my house <laughs> and i was like i don't know if i can do this <laughs> you know so, so maybe someday you know we got bathrooms in the store you know if you want to hump uh, up the stairs there but um it, there's always things that can be improved um you know, we, we do a fair bit with, with, with the farm-to-table aspect now. I mean, the, the, one of my favorites are the drink specials, of course. You know, so if you're, you know, we sell uh, apple cider margaritas by, like, the 55-gallon drum. You know, it, it's awesome. Isaac, our chef, you know, we, we the, the pork on the menu, that's from our pigs. You know, the, the hamburgers, that's from our cows. Um, you know, if the, he uses a lot of the, the berries and the fruits and the stuff into the menu. I'd like to do more in that aspect. I've got ideas that we want to add a greenhouse, probably up at the tree farm, um, but where we can start to do some more cultivation of, of other things in the menu. Um, so we'll see. I mean, it, it's certainly, um, I feel like we've got the right mix right now, but that continued growth of community, um, you know, trying to do other events, that sort of stuff, you know, and, and now adding in that other space that we have up at the tree farm you know, doing some stuff up there too. I mean, it, typically Christmas tree season is, you know, three weeks long. And that's, that's like the entire use of that farm is three weeks a year. Um, we're uh, currently like a seven month farm. You know, we, we do take the winters and kind of calm down for a minute, close the doors, catch our breath, you know, you know, and, and, and reset the, the clock for next year and try and plan things out and improve and grow and take a break for a second while we get our heads back on. Um, but I think that tree farm's got a lot of opportunity. So we'll see what happens up there for events. Um, 
part of this community thing that that theme we kind of hitting on um you wouldn't guess but i ran i ran track and cross country um for the last couple seasons we've been the home course for both lunenburg and fitchburg for cross country we host all the all the meets between the local schools and then we host the district championship uh meet for midwatch see there's like 25 schools that come and run um so there's 25 schools there's boys there's girls there's the jv team you know there's like a, a bazillion kids that run at the farm um one of the things I want to do is I'm going to move a good portion of that over to the tree farm because it's there's like roads everywhere. It's, a, it's another great location um, and, and and give that experience of, you know, more more ag, more space, um, but also alleviate some of the, the pressure on the farm at home when we have these huge meats show up. And it doesn't necessarily coincide with our the other seasons that we have going on and the other things. So we can kind of separate that and utilize that other property. I think that's that's a great chance to, to you know grow a little bit. Hell yeah, yeah. Now I I want to be respectful of your time. I'm sure yeah. you, I obviously you're a busy guy. You got a lot going on. Yeah. I just want to say, dude, thank you so much for coming down here and talking yeah. to me. This was awesome. I've been I've had a huge smile on my face the whole time. <laughs> like you, really really impressed me. What you've done with your business businesses and what you've done for your community is really, really commendable. And I hope I can be involved and help in any way. Well, listen, I, I appreciate the opportunity to kind of share a little bit of my story. You know, it's definitely, uh, yeah, I could probably go for a few more hours, but we'll, we'll stick to this. You got the, got the genesis of it. Cool. Awesome, man. Well, thank you again. Yeah. I appreciate it. All right. Cheers. Thank you for tuning in with us. We do this to share the stories of some of the incredible individuals in your community. All we ask in return is if you found value from this episode, please share it with someone else who may also gain value from the show. Please feel free to rate or review the show. Your feedback helps us give you more of what you want. Until next time, I'm Tim Lanza, and this was another Local Legacy.